Welcome to Lions Radio Network, where the show takes you on a roaring adventure with entertaining and stimulating topics focusing on entertainment, sports, business, world news, along with many other topics. Whatever your interests are, you will find them right here on Lions Radio Network. Welcome to the Mind Twist. A conspiracy theory radio show where we bring you some of the world's most controversial, thought-provoking, and unresolved conspiracy theories. We cut through the red tape and take a closer look at the paradoxes, evidences, and history. The harder it is to believe, the more intriguing it becomes. Let's unravel the evidence together and find what's concealed in the world's most disputed conspiracies and get to the truth, or will we? And now, get ready to have your mind twisted on Mind Twist Conspiracy Theory Radio. Good evening, everyone. It's Friday the 15th. Welcome to the Mind Twist. Right here on Lions Radio Network, coming to I'm coming to you live from Washington D.C. My name is Donna Lyons, along with Ema Sumac Watkins, and she is live in California, uh, Los Angeles area. And we're going tonight the show. We're going to be talking about unidentified flying objects, and they've gone mainstream, and that's what we want to talk about. You know, and people are believing it more and more. And for people that don't understand, UFOs and brevi for unidentified flying objects and to the military forces that term means something in the sky that can be seen but not recognized rather than extraterrestrial i think a lot of times we think oh my god it's aliens but there could be so many different reasons that these people are seeing these things and in 1952 that was the year that america really caught flying saucer fever and uh, so when a rash of strange sightings were reported over the skies over Washington, D.C. that summer, the press and the public demanded answers. Uh, were these planes that in some cases outran jets, part of a nuclear-armed Soviet invasion, a v- which was a very real threat at the height of the Red Scare, or were they evidence of something far more mysterious? These are things we want to talk about. Ima, welcome to the show. Ima, yes. why did I call you Ima? <laughs> I call you that? Why? Because I'm looking at that stupid thing that popped up. Oh yes, I'm. Oh my God, thank God we're such good friends, right? I'm here. Yes, it's it's yeah. This is going to be a really fun show. Um, I'm yes, I am here in Los Angeles. Uh, It is in the afternoon, and uh, and I know out back in East, and it's evening time there. A great show today because there's so much information. Um, it started off that we started chatting about, um, well, we've been ch- chatting about Project Blue Book for uh, quite a while now. But I, I think it all kind of how we wanted to do the show today was because this article that we started to read about the astronauts who had, um, all four of these astronauts had um, passed um, a lie detector test, um, which is advanced, which we're going to talk about this advanced uh, lie detector test on the their sightings on right. UFOs. And I mean, it is not just a sighting. I mean, these all these four guys have like really very intense um, 
communication and and the, it's re- very real it was right in front of them it wasn't like hey i just see it out in the sky no it was very much in their face and they had had these experiences for a very long time and they finally um two of the astronauts had died and that's um edgar mitchell and gordon cooper um and then buzz aldrin and al warden are still alive and they still they had done their uh, lie detecting tests, and so did these two guys before they passed. Um, and I just want to touch on the lie detecting test that they, it's brand new that they've been working on. And so these uh, four astronauts were kind of like the testers of this also. Um, it says the team carried out, this is a, an article on true theory, okay? The team okay. carried out an, a, an analysis of the astronauts' vocal patterns using advanced computers and determined that there were no signs of deception and four astronauts believed themselves to be telling the truth. The new technology is still top secret, but it is claimed that it is more reliable than the current lie detector test and likely to repeat used by the FBI and police. So this is coming out. This is all cutting edge stuff. And they can now, of course, with so much advancement, they can, if they can detect, you know, DNA all the way up down to um, with voice patterns, they're doing it now. So, I mean, it is so, it's very, very interesting. So we started to talk about this article, and we jumped around from Project Blue Book to here, and we started, as both of us started to do this research, it is so becoming mainstream about the people who have had these experiences that um, it it is now becoming common knowledge, and it is not a big thing. And actually, I was speaking with someone not too long ago, and they were saying that they had had an experience as well. So it it happens. It's been happening, and you see it all the time. I personally see them, um, but I see them coming in and going and, and in the work that I do. And Donna has also seeing them so it's it, it they're here and so it's become mainstream this is what what we were going to talk about right and then we were going to talk about how how years ago people mm-hmm. were seeing these these objects and that's when project blue started yes and and there's also on Netflix, if people are listening, on Netflix there is a series. Actually, I don't even think it's on Netflix. I think it's on regular TV. No, it's on the History Channel. History Channel, yeah. And there's a show about that whole thing. And I'll tell you what, it is freaky. I've been watching it, and I'm, like, so blown away because this stuff really happened, the stuff that they're talking about in this show. So if you get a chance to watch it, you guys, please tune into it. Um, go to these first, you know, to the uh, first episodes and seriously watch it. It's just crazy stuff. And to know that this stuff was happening back then when our technology wasn't as intense as it is now. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine what we're finding now compared to what they were finding back then? I mean, you look at how they did stuff, too, how they had the regular cameras with the flash cube on top. And, uh, I mean, it's just crazy that they were able to find this stuff and document it. So you, you have a description of what Project Blue Book was in front of you, don't you, that you can read yes. to them? Yes, it says, um, let's see, Project Blue Book was one, one of a series of systematic studies. 
of unidentified flying objects conducted by the United States Air Force. It started in 1952, the third study of its kind. The first two were Project Sign, 1947, because of the Roswell, and Grudge, 1949, because of all all the other stuff that they started to see. A determination order was given to the study in December 1969, and all activity under its auspicious officially ceased in in January 1970. Project Blue Book um, had two goals. One, to determine if UFO was, was a threat to national security, and two, to scientifically analyze UFO-related uh, data. Now, you have to understand that when this was happening in the 1950s and early 60s, there was still so much um, Cold War attitude, and there was so much Cold War um, espionage. And so the only thing that they were concerned about was, like, first of all, is it Russian? Is it going to kill us? And are they going to is – it, is it them? And if it's them, we got to find out if it's them, and then we got to find out if, how we can become better. You know, so it started off that right. way. What, what ended up happening is that when it closed down in 1970, there were 13 close to – close to 13,000 UFO reports by individuals. This is like people across the country, 12,000, more than like close to 13,000. Now, these were all, um, uh, you know, this is now, this is a combination with national, with everything that they could collect, right? And so um, Everything was filed away, and of course, the UFO reports were archived and and are available under the Freedom Act, Information Act. But names and other personal information of all the witnesses have been, you know, have been reacted. Excuse me, they have been kind of taken out. However, right now, all of these people who are now older, who are now in their 60s and 70s, um, you know, some of them are in their 80s. They're all coming forward. Every one of them are just coming forward, and they're all very determined, very grounded. They're not claimed to be crazy. They've had, like, these regular lives, but they've just kept everything under wraps, and now they're coming out, and they're saying this is what happened, and they're not embarrassed. They're not ashamed. They're just there. It's like a very normal thing. Right, exactly. And you know what? And somebody is calling in who I know who it is. And this is, I'm going to bring her on. It's Gina Renee. And she is a host with one of my best friends and also a host on the party line with me. And I want to bring her on because she has seen UFOs and I want her to tell us her experience. I mean, I. Oh, geez, absolutely. Yes. Hey, Gina. Hey. Oh, my God. When you were texting me and you're like, I saw one because she's listening live, I'm like, call in and tell us. Like, tell us the story because I love hearing the stories of how people see that. Yeah. Well, I'm like, we're best friends, and I didn't know that she saw one. She didn't know that I saw one. (laughs) I guess it's not like that thing you sit around, you know, having a glass of wine going, hey, so Donna, have you ever seen, like, a UFO? (laughs) (laughs) You know know what I mean? I mean, most people, I told my husband one time, and he just looked at me like I had three heads. You know, well, it's and crazy. that's the no, problem but... with all this, and that's what Emo was just saying is that that's the problem with this is like people. It's so hard to come out and tell your story because people just genuinely don't believe it. They're like, just, you know, 
Yeah, you got to be kidding me. And I think a lot of people are afraid to believe it, that there could be something else mm-hmm. out there. But what happened to you? What did you see? Well, it was, I think it was like 1993. Um, I was walking my sister out because she had come over for dinner. And it was like, well, it was late. It was like 11, 30, 12. She actually lived on our property. And so I would walk, you know, I would walk her out. I would go to the end of my little patio thing because we lived way out in the country. And I would just watch her walk over to, you know, to her little house that was, you know, just, you know, just across the road. And so I walked her out and I was sitting there and I remember it was a really beautiful night. And so she got in her house and I turned around and I am not kidding. It was the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I thought a plane was crashing in my pasture because I used to raise like cows and horses and stuff like this. So we had this huge field that was, you know, that was to the north of me. And so I looked down and this light came in and it was so bright, but there was no noise. Like there was no sound whatsoever, and it looked like it was coming down. The lights were so bright that it looked like it was coming down into my pasture, like it was going to crash, and it came down, and then as fast as it came down, it was gone. Like it came down, and it was up. And the interesting part is that there was probably like three other people in my area that saw it, and the next day in, the, in our local newspaper, in the union newspaper, it said, did you see it, question mark. And I guess people saw it from Reno, to San Francisco and it disappeared after San Francisco. And I think it was one of the, you know, they said it was like a military thing. They tried Mm -hmm. to wash, you know, they tried to, you know, say that it was nothing, but I don't care what anybody says. It was something I've never seen anything in my life like it. And there's no way, I mean, there was no sound. It was just this bright light that came in and was gone. And I, I shook for like hours. You know, and I kept running out, like, what was that? And I thought it was crazy. But then the next day, other people, you know, somebody that I knew walked in, and she was trying to say, did anybody see that last night? And I'm like, I saw it, and we started to talk. But she saw it as fast as I did. She was going down Highway 20, and it went over, and she said it was so quiet. It was just this huge, bright light. And that was it. But it was it was incredible. So I believe Do you feel it, it affected you? Like, in, in, you know how you said you were shaking afterwards? Do you think it affected you, like, later on? Did you ever feel like – like effects of it later did you think about it did you dream about it I mean did did it affect you in that way at all oh no you know me I thought it was cool I'm like cool (laughs) 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 I see dead people you know what I mean it's like oh yay I just thought (laughs) we all three do I just so what does that say about us Exactly. I just thought that was interesting because I believe if we're here, you know, you know, me, I'm a God girl. Why wouldn't, you know, I don't know. I don't have all the answers and I don't have to have all the answers, but I do believe in what I see and I know what I saw and other people saw it too. So, um, you know, I've never seen anything like that since, but when people come up and, and tell me they do, you know, I listen, you know, it's not always what I, you know, I have never seen any green people with pointy heads or, you know, that kind of stuff. I've never been taken to another planet with my blood sucked out of me or anything. Nobody wants to dissect me. Trust me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they would take me back right away. But it's not saying that it doesn't happen. I mean, I don't know, you know. But so, yeah, right. I just think it's, yeah. So that's that's my story. That's all I got. Well, thank you. I well, appreciate well, you telling well, you're us. The, well, you're, you're, uh, you're one of many, Gina. So you're definitely not a lone wolf on this one. Yeah, no, I kind of figured that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was, and it's not, it's not just in your neighborhood either. It's like all over. I mean, um, 
I'm just going to read something here from Edgar Mitchell, who was one of who's passed on, and he was one of the astronauts. And he said um, he that he has gone on record saying aliens prevented a nuclear war on Earth to ensure our survival. In early uh, 2015, Edgar Mitchell also told um, that. During the nuclear test at White Sands, several witnesses believed that they had seen alien spacecraft hovering above the mushroom clouds that emerged as a result of the detonation of the atomic bombs. I believe that. I truly believe oh, that. Wow, one. that's crazy. And also, that's interesting. yeah, no, and, yeah. and I really do because it's like they know that we could, you know, completely destroy ourselves. You know, we're just so. We're just, we're human. Um, Also, Gordon Mitchell, excuse me, Gordon Cooper spoke of chasing a cluster of aliens in 1951 when he was doing, he, 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 you know, he had this tiny little jet that was, has nowhere near the, you know, the advancement of these, of these, that they were in formation. They were, the, the, the spacecrafts were in formation and they were flying right by them and there was like a hundred of them. So it wasn't like just one of them, but they were flying all the way through and he saw that. And then in 1957 is when he saw the landing of one right in front of him and his entire team team at the Air Force Base. And they took video of it and they took photos of it and they sent it to Washington and all of that. So they're, they're all, it, it's just, you know, come on. It's all here. It's all, we've all, we've all seen it. And we've all seen the ones that are here who are kind of hanging out as well. So, you know, oh, yeah. it's well, true. You know, and there's times enough. They have proof of that. Exactly. It's just been going yeah, well, on even forever. Times, yeah. They had like pictures where they, you know, would put it, these spaceshipy things, you know, and it's just fascinating. So yeah, people have been seeing this stuff forever but I think if, if a lot of people they don't get to experience it or they don't see it it's just you know it's just logically it just doesn't seem possible I guess that's all I can think mm-hmm. that's true and I think you have to open up your mind a little more too a lot of people are very closed-minded and that and it helps if you can open up your mind a little bit and go okay there could be a possibility there's other people out there in this world. I mean, there really are. And um, like you said, now, Ema, you were telling me a while back, you showed me a picture from, oh my God, what, what era was that from? And do you remember the picture you showed me? And it had a light, like an alien craft. It looked like a light type thing. Oh yes, yes, yes. If you was, if you were to go to it, it's during the Renaissance. It's a painting during the Renaissance. Um, and as you know, and during the Renaissance, they had a lot of biblical paintings. That was, you know, that was the thing is, you know, um, the Madonna and Jesus. And, you know, so it was a very, very big um, theme at during that time. Well, um, you know, Leonardo da Vinci is reported to have seen them. Um, so it has Michelangelo and all those guys, but there is a painting and I, I will, I'll find it again where there is, um, the birth of, of Jesus and he's in a manger and all of that. And he's in a cave and the three, uh, the three, you know, the three Kings are, are walk are on their camels and the light that they see is actually from a spaceship. And this is like from way back. Interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. I remember when you sent it to me, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, it's just and this crazy. Was painted, 
this is painted during the time of the Renaissance. This isn't like a fake. This is an original right. painting. Right, that's the same. It's, it's it's like blown away. So when Gina said, you know, this has been going on for many years, that's exactly what she's talking about. Oh, well, maybe this is from Hebrews, that verse, do not neglect to entertain strangers, for some have entertained angels unaware. Maybe they're angels coming to us on spaceships. <laughs> Could be. Know, you know, you never yeah. know. Yeah. Well, we'll never know. It's kind of fun. I mean, it's fun to to think because it's so it's so far sometimes I think it's just so far beyond my grasp anything is possible anything is possible so oh my gosh so, it's just it's yeah, all I mean, crazy mm-hmm. no it, it I think it's just part of what it is is that it's becoming mainstream it's just becoming that's why the whole point of it being mainstream is is that everybody's coming forward with it and and you know all of the um there was a uh, i also was watching another interview of a a young man whose father worked on area 51 and how he talked about you know what would have you know at first his father didn't tell anyone what he did but every day he would go and he'd get on an airplane from the Las Vegas airport and this this was a uh jet that was you know this was an airplane from the air force and it had no writing on it at all it was just like this black airplane that he'd get on every day and sometimes he'd be away for entire weekends and he'd come back and fly back so it was that was his daily routine and he'd come home really late and then uh it was really late until he was like i think in his 80s or something he um because they were estranged because he was hardly around the father was far hardly around and so it got to where they were having um dinner one night and he met him at a restaurant and his father started to tell him some of the things that he did and that there was a lot of projects that they were doing at the time um, and that they were creating and inventing a lot of things. And what they would do is that they would give the assignments and projects to everybody. Like they would have, say, you were, you're, you're going to do the nut and you're going to do the bolt and you're going to do the blah, blah, blah. So they would not all one group do the entire thing because of it. It was so secretive. So they would have different pods of people, of engineers and, you know, scientists work on different parts of the things, you know, and, um, right. and so, and then when it was completed, and then they would put it together again. And so it was, it was a very fascinating and interesting thing. So, you know, I think that uh, the advancements that we've all had have been because we've all been influenced in one way or another, because we do have to, I think we have to grow as a race and you know, as a human Humans have to keep, you know, growing. And so I think that there is a lot of influence coming in and there is records of it. There is there are people who have worked in the, you know, and it's, this is recorded. This is not me pulling out of it nowhere. But there's been people recorded about how they have come up with things that they don't know about. They're just giving a design and nobody knows where the design comes from. And it's all very secretive and it's all very advanced. And they and, you know, they try it out and it blows up on them because they're not as advanced. So it's like they have to keep waiting for the more advancement 
it's for you know to more the more developing until the situation works and that's what this dad told his son that they would they tried this one um you know, this one invention, as they said, and they put it out there in the middle of the desert and it blew up on him. And, and he was telling his son, is because we were, we didn't have not have the advanced uh, things that we, that you have now, which is all the, the computers and the chips. He goes, now it would be, you know, now it's, it, it would be a very functional thing, you know, but because we weren't as advanced, we just we kept trying to replicate it, and it never, it could never um, function. So it was a very interesting conversation. And all of this, by the way, if you really want to look it up, it's all on either YouTube, it's on Google, it's on so many different channels, and there are so many different places where you can actually go in and start to get all this research. So it's not like if it's you know, uh, it's it's out there for anybody to really to hear. But I feel that what I, what is really happening right now is that everybody's mood is talking forward, is moving, is talking about it without any embarrassment or without any feelings that they're going to be, um, you know, talked about that they're, you know, that they're crazy. Uh, so it's very common right now. Well, it's just like this whole movement with women being harassed, you know, and mm-hmm. it, when one person comes out and starts talking about it, then an X and an X and an X, and then it becomes like this bigger thing. So as these people open up and tell their stories publicly, it is changing how we look at all this. And I just want to tell you, ladies, I found this picture. It's called The Baptism of Christ from 1710, and okay. it says, Art. Oh, let me read it oh, real it quickly. It's the says, baptism. Okay, great, great. Yeah, The Baptism of Christ. 1710, art experts suggest that this painting is a reference to a religious passage. The heavens opened and the spirit descended like a dove and put light, lighting upon him. It was painted by Dutch artist, Eret, I want to pronounce this right, Eret de Gelder in the 18th century. UFO hunters suggest that the disc-like object show, shown shining light onto the John Baptist and Jesus could be a UFO. This scene has been illustrated by many artists says internet UFO conspiracy theorist, the ancient aliens. However, this scene is particularly interesting because of the flying saucer hovering over the scene with beams of light shining down and illuminating the event. Considering de Gelder's reputation as one of the elite artists of his time, it is likely this work was intended to be taken seriously and meant to communicate that Jesus had ties to aliens and perhaps was of alien origins. I mean, this is crazy stuff. But how the heck would this person put something like this in a picture back then without thinking that there was something else out there? It's crazy. Okay, well, well to follow that up, Al Warden, which is the other astronaut, okay, mm-hmm. said, shared in an interview with Good Morning Britain that he had seen extraterrestrial life, not an extraterrestrial, but extraterrestrial life, and that we are actually aliens which, which decided to inhabit Earth. If you don't believe me, go to go and get books on the ancient Sumerians and see what you, what they do, what they had to say about it," said Warden. This is the astronaut. The team. Wow. So did he say he believes this, or what happened that yeah. he believes this? Yes, he believed that if he had. He, it's like he had seen extraterrestrial life, and it said we are actually aliens. But did he Which say the, how, what he saw and where he saw them? 
he did. I just that I hadn't gone into you know the. Oh, okay. I, you have to track down like the the video of it, but he it's on Morning uh, Britain. It's a, it's a TV check show. Check that out. That's crazy. Yeah. What people are come up with, it's just insane. But it, you know, like you said, anything can happen. We've seen anything. these things, these objects. So, um, crazy. It's just crazy stuff out there. Yeah, and you know, and Buzz Aldrin. Buzz Aldrin also said Buzz, the same yes. thing. Yes, and he passed a lie detector test too. He's. It, they're all four of them did the same. The same that same lie detector test. Right. On the same flight as Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin was the second person to set foot on the moon or given these new claims, maybe not. You know, there's that whole controversy about that. He also claims that during the time that he traveled in space, he encountered alien life. See, it's interesting that they're not just saying extraterrestrials like a ship, but they're actually saying life, which means a being. And right. so he, he also claims that during this this his space travels he encountered his space travel he encountered alien life and now there is a further evidence of of to collaborate this story and it says Aldrin and because they were saying that it's all backed up by that by all these other astronauts that were that had also seen alien life not just a ship but life so you know they probably know a lot more. You know, and they probably can't really say all the stuff that they've seen, but yeah, I'm sure. Well, there was a Navy pilot too, and we were talking about this earlier, Charles Foltz, and he was on. Uh, tell Fox me more News. about him. I haven't seen, I haven't heard. Tell I me don't more. know all the logistics because I just caught the tail end of it before we were coming, getting ready to come on the show. But Charles Foltz was an is a Navy pilot, retired, I believe, and he was in San Diego, and he said that he caught this. Uh, shining light in the sky, and he said he tried to follow it for a while. He said it was mirroring, mirror, mirroring him. So in other words, if he was going, um, I, I don't know the the pilot lingo or anything like that, but if he was going straight, it was going straight. It would follow him exactly. Everything he did, it did. Like it knew, or it attached itself to him, and it could totally see everything he was doing. At one point, it stopped, and it did a turn somewhere, and when he tried to follow it, he said it went so fast out, like, away, that there was no way he could have uh, caught it. And the guy that was interviewing him asked him, he said, you know, could a human being be able to withstand that type of, um, you know, um, I guess, impact because you're going so Mm -hmm. fast? And he said, there's no way. He said, no way a human being, he goes, there's no way a life form could have withstood that. He goes, well, how fast do you think he was going? He goes, oh, speed of light. I mean, that's how fast it was going. So it's mm-hmm. very interesting to hear this pilot, who is a stand-up guy, uh, came out and said, listen, I know what I saw. It was not of this world. I mean, so he'd be a great, I, I think, get him on the show i think we need to find him <laughs> and and also that's a great segue is gina still on the line or did, or did she leave no she dropped yeah she's okay. doing stuff so. well thank you well, well thank you gina if you're uh, bye gina thanks for saying gina. goodbye to us <laughs> yes thank you thank you gina for being on the line with us um thank you for you know saying that we always we, we always definitely we always are here to listen and definitely we do believe you absolutely um, yeah 
Um, but this segues into our next guest. If Do we want to talk about that, Donna? Oh, absolutely. And that is going to be – and we're doing our show, actually, early in two weeks. Instead of Friday the 1st of March, we're actually going to do it Tuesday the 26th. So please mark that on your calendars. It'll still be the same time at 8 p.m., but we're having Calvin Parker. Um, he, he's been really reluctant to speak about something that shaped his life, but along with one of his friends, who was his name is Charles Hickson, they claimed they were abducted by aliens while fishing in the Pascagoula River. And now Calvin has written a book, and he wants to set the record straight. Uh, and the book is called Pascagoula. The Closest Encounter, My Story. Um, and it contains the first full account of the event given by him, along uh, with how it's affected his life this whole time. And it includes photos, documents, newspaper articles written through the years, and it also shows transcripts from his hypnosis session. Um, and that's the first time it's been published, and people have seen it. So this is going to be really interesting. I cannot wait to have him on. Mm-hmm. And, Ema, and, and Ema found him for us. <laughs> <laughs> you are the one who said to me, we need to have this guy on. And I was like, let's get him. And we did. Yes, yes, we did. And I'm glad. So, and But if you notice that it's a lot of them now are older and they're not embarrassed or ashamed or they don't feel bad about talking about it. Have you noticed that? Yeah, exactly. It's like because so many people have died or whatever, but they're they're at that point. Because I, I saw an interview with him when I was doing my research with him. I saw an interview, I think it, it was somebody, it was a satellite interview or it was like, a, I think it was either Australia or Britain. And they were trying to shake him, you know. They were trying to shake yeah. him, like trying to shake him in his what he what he had seen, and don't you think that maybe and blah 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 blah. And this guy was standing strong. He you know he answered every question, and it was down the line. His story has never changed. That's the most interesting never thing. Never changed. If someone's lying. Their story will change a little bit here and there. His story has never changed in an interview he's ever done, and there and this, their story. His and um, Charles Hickson's is one of the most high-profile abduction stories in history because people yeah. just took it because Charles had come out and written a book years ago, and um, Calvin decided to stay silent. He didn't want to put the story out there because he said, you know, I just, you know, I, he didn't want the attention. And he said the reason he wrote the book is because he wants this documented because he knows what happened. He knows what happened, and he wants it documented when he's gone off this planet Earth, that people will be able to read this story and um, hear what really happened. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's setting the record straight. So it'll be really fun to have him on. I cannot wait. So just so people know, that's going to be Tuesday the 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific. And he's Central Time, so 7 p.m. Central, if you happen to be in the area that he lives and you want to listen. So that'll be a really good show. But, um, Ema, any last words? That come forward and come on the show. That's, yes, seriously. 
And don't forget, so people, whatever you have well. a show, yeah, you can call in and, and, and talk don't to be afraid because there, there's so many people who are very legit. I mean, we're talking about doctors and surgeons and policemen and uh, there's everybody who have who have regular stable grounded lives and you know, I'm talking about it. so yeah so come forward it's all good you're not alone exactly all right Ima Ima I'm just kidding on. I said that as a joke <laughs> Ima <laughs> you know I said it because I was looking at the name uh, thing that pops up in the studio on this on the board and oh, yeah, don't it worry comes about it. It's as, all good. Yeah, I am. And I was looking at the I, and that's why I said, because I never do that. It's like, oh, my God. I'm going to put a big E in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Whatever works Got for it. you. Got it. How long have yeah. you My God. Jeez Louise. Everyone, it's Ema Sumac Watkins, just so you yes. know. <laughs> all right, Ema, it's been a great show. Can't wait to do another one. Um, on the 26th, it's going to be a blast. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. And please uh, write to us. We are, you can reach us at Lions Radio Network. You can email us there. Send us all your information. You know, get on the phone and talk with us. Yeah, absolutely. You can reach us. You can contact us, and please do, and let us know how you feel about the show. Also, if you have any ideas about the show, we're very open about that. Thank you again. Thanks, Donna. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.